Blog Talk Radio. Governor, so um, 
you know, I mean, I don't know him, you know, I mean, he, we, we don't hang out and have drinks or anything like that, but, um, you know, if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see a couple of pictures of me and the Gov, so um, I've met him a few times, and um, he's a, a interesting fella, but he's in he's in the box with the First Lady tonight, so good for Governor Malloy and good for Connecticut. Um, if you sense that I'm stalling a bit, I, I really am, but let me kind of give you an idea on what we are going to be talking about tonight. Um, we are going to get into the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh debacle, if you will, the whole thing with uh, Pac-Man, Joy, Pac-Man Jones and Vontez. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're certainly going to talk about um, Minnesota and Cincinnati and that that whole situation. And we're going to look ahead to the divisional rounds. Um, let me pull in JB while a switchboard t- is, is currently working. JB, are you there? Oh, I am definitely here, no doubt about it. All right, JB is with us. Welcome to the Madden Voice. And for those of you who are out there listening, thank you for your patience. I think I'm I think I'm back up and running completely. Um and and the good news is that JB is actually going to do the interview with Max. Um JB is a college football nut. Um, he's, he's, uh, well, I guess you could say he's a football nut cause obviously he knows pro football, but, um, he's very much into college football as well. So we had a brief conversation today and JB knew, you know, I mean, he was gone. He was already gone. I, uh, he was gone. You know, he knew things I didn't know and questions I didn't have. And it was great. So I, I expected to be a very, very positive of a very good interview. And, um, um, so, you know, we'll wait for uh, Max to call in, um, about nine thirty or so, and um, I have not, I do not see Doctor Train as of yet, but Doctor Train will be joining us. I'm I'm assuming. And K Star said he was running late, so you know it's just one of those nights where, um, yeah, you know everything is uh, is trying to throw a monkey wrench into the evening. But you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna still make it through with helping my brother and all the fans out there. I want to appreciate you listening in. We've been doing the show for nine years now. Started in two thousand and six. Uh, it'll be ten years. 10-year anniversary will be later on this year, so um, we'll have to do something big for that. But um, if you want to call in, 347-838-9525. That's 347-838-9525. You can hit us up on Twitter, and that's very simply at The Madden Voice. You can go on to Facebook and just put in Facebook, facebook.com backslash The Madden Voice. And you can find all of that if you just go to Google or Bing or whatever your chosen search engine in is and just type in The Madden Voice and all that social media and all of our archive shows. All that stuff will pop right up. And, uh, and if you didn't know, you can catch us on iTunes as uh, within, a ha- within about a half an hour to an hour after the show uh, goes off the air. The archive is uploaded into iTunes. So if you're clicking on a Facebook link or or somewhere else listening to the show, if you have an iPhone, um, you can really listen to the show anytime you want. And um, so we try to make it convenient for everybody, and we appreciate the love and the support that we get. And uh, so let's talk talk some football. JB, let's start with Minnesota and Seattle. And, um, you know, uh, what what do what do we say? What are your thoughts? Because I've heard kind of different opinions on the kicker Blair Walsh, um, different different views on him blowing that game winning field goal that would have sent Seattle home and sent Minnesota to the divisional round. What what are your thoughts on that? Uh, simply put, he just missed the kick. I've heard a lot of folks talk about the laces and. Uh, the laces should be pointed away from the kicker. 
and it, it, it's easy to point out that he made a 40-plus yarder with the laces pointed right at him and then just hooks this one. A lot of people have said, well, you're supposed to put the ball down, spin it so that the laces are away from you. Well, the field is semi-frozen because it's a, it's a warm field. They've got some type of heating mechanism underneath it. So if you spin that ball, you got a chance of spinning it right out of your hands and not getting a kick anyway. So basically, he just missed it. That's a that's a, a kick high schoolers make. I don't care how cold it is. I don't care about the laces. Like I said, he made a 40-plus yard field goal. The laces were facing him. So there's no excuse. And and thankfully, he owned up to it. And I mean that's just that's just how it goes. It's it's a it's a makeable kick. Should have had it. He missed it. And that's the end of the story. Do you cut him? You release him? No, 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 no. Huh? Not after one kick, uh, and and he's been a very consistent field goal kicker. Uh, it's just one of those times he picked the worst time to miss it, but 99 out of 100 times he makes it. And I don't think the weather affected him. I don't think the 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 um, the stakes affected him. It's just one of those things where he just missed the kick. Mm. Um, he's got one job. And um, that was that kick was closer than the old extra point. Yep. Granted, it was cold. Granted, the holder had lace issues, um, being concerned about how he spun the ball um, because it was so cold. He didn't want the ball to come out of his hands. And um, I get all that. Um, but I, I'm sorry. You, you got one job. You got to make that kick. I mean, I, I personally – He'd be gone. I'd cut him. Yes, he owned up to it. What else are you gonna do? He got no choice. Yeah, he owned up to it. But this is a this isn't week two. You know, where you still got fourteen weeks, you know, uh, fourteen games. This is this is the playoffs. Your team, everybody played their butts off in as they said, the third coldest uh weather. Let's bring on Dr. Train. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. Yo, what's up? Sorry welcome about the to charges, the, man. Well, well, welcome you. to. Well, it's just been one of those nights. My switchboard um, wasn't lighting up for me. I couldn't do anything. I had to talk and kill time for a while. And uh, JB was sitting there waiting for me to bring him on. K Star's running late. You were running late. You know, I, it is one of those nights where everybody said they're gonna mess with Commissioner T. But you know what? I'm still here, and uh, the show must go on. <laughs> and um, we're talking about Minnesota and Seattle. And JB said, "Hey, he missed the kick." Um, you know, good kicker, and it happens. And I'm saying um, I'd cut him. He'd be gone. Um, this isn't week two. This is what you play for. And if I can't rely on you to win the game, when we're playing a team that's been in the Super Bowl two years in a row, we have a chance to take them out, mess up Commissioner T's bracket, just saying, um, <laughs> you know, have a chance to take them out, and um, you know, because I mean, let's be honest, I have them going all the way. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about that pick now. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, you have a chance to take them out in a wild card game, move on, um, and and the team battled and played hard, and and you know, and, and that's the game. It's game's over. I mean, I'm sorry. There was an interview at the end of the game. I believe it was Michael Bennett. And I wanted to reach through the TV and slap him in his mouth. I knew he was going to miss it. I think it was Michael Bennett who said that. 
Oh yeah, yeah man. I I thought that was. Yeah. I didn't like that. that, that I yeah. didn't either. I, it wasn't cool. Bennett. It wasn't Bennett. Was that? No, it wasn't no, Bennett. It, it was. Camp or was it? Was it, was? it Bennett or oh, Cam okay. Chancellor? I thought it was Michael no. Bennett who said. It. I thought it was Cam Chan. I thought. You know it was. You know what? I take that back. It was Cam Chancellor. It was at the okay. end of the game. Yeah. And, yeah, I take that back. I'm my, my right. bad. No, yeah, that's, one, that's I, Cam Chancellor. I'm thinking about. Right. I'm thinking about when Bennett was praying and saying thank you. That's why I got him crossed up. No, it was Cam okay. Chancellor. You're right. All right. Thank you. Um, I want to reach through the TV and smack him in the mouth because first of all, you got saved from being the go to the game. Okay, just, just, just let's just let's just put that out there, um, Mister. Mm-hmm. I held out and I decided to come back and you know put the team on my shoulders and all that. Um, he's starting to become a little overrated in my eyes, but I'm, I'm going to just back away from that statement. Very overrated. Playoff. Yeah, he, he's getting there to me now. Um, but really, there's I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This guy and JB's right. He's had a good season. He's a solid kicker. There is nobody. Watching, who said he gonna miss that kick? Chip shot. No, not, nobody. N- not after hitting. Well, I, I wouldn't go as. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let him go. I wouldn't fire. I wouldn't do any of that. I, I mean, I'm on the side with AB. It does happen. This is the worst thing that this is probably not necessarily the worst. If it was field goal, that would be. I mean, it was too. If it was too bold, that would probably be the worst. But this is close enough. Um. But no one watching that game, like you said, thought he was about to miss that kick. He had just hit three. He right. hit every kick thus far in that right. game from farther away. With the laces turned, didn't matter which way the laces were turned. He right. hit all three of them. Right. JB just said, said identical thing. You guys, you guys, you guys must have chatted and like shared notes because y'all saying the same thing. Absolutely, I agree. I agree with that. The reason I would cut him is here's why I would cut him. So season's over now. You the goat. You got to live with this now for for months that because of you, I mean, I don't want to hear, yeah, we know, well, this could have went, you know, it's a 60-minute game. No, I'm sorry. You make the kick, you win the game, you go on, you go on, period. Okay, I don't want to hear all these other things happen and all these other, and you can't blame, no, no, yes, I can I can blame him because all the things happened led up to him being able to win the game. If he had made the kick, we'd be, we'd be praising him and saying, you won the game. Great job. So if he misses it, then he, then he, then he gets the GOAT, too. And, he, and, he, and I don't mean the greatest all time. I mean the GOAT, Billy GOAT. Okay. The reason I would cut him is um, how can you trust him again? This ain't like he missed the kick in the second quarter, came back, and made the kick, and they won the game. He made the first three. And then he misses the one that counts the most, right? And so now he's got to live with that for eight, nine months before the season starts up again. And then who knows when he gets into this situation again where the game is on a line and the game of this magnitude. And then how are you going to feel? How is Zimmer going to feel? How is the team going to feel when they're driving and it's, it's, it's the game to win uh, the division or it's, it's a big game against Green Bay? Um, it's, 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 it's the wild card next year or a divisional round next year. Or maybe they got better and maybe it's, you know, they, they got a bye or something. How are they going to feel? I'm going to tell you how they're going to feel. They're going to be worried. And it's going to affect the coaching. It's going to affect playing. It's, I'm telling you, this is not something – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example of one of the greatest kickers of all time till his head got messed up, and he never came back from it. Y'all remember who I'm talking about? Before this? What's that? Got Norwood? Nope. Nope. 
he was one of the most accurate kickers in the history of the game. And then Vanderjack. Vanderjack. There you go. And he Mm, never. I remember that guy. And remember him? And before he missed, he missed a. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and research it. But he missed a big kick to win the game. And he was a veteran, one of the most accurate kickers in the history of the NFL. And he missed that kick. And the team stuck with him. They stuck with him. I believe it was the Colts. They stuck with him. It was the Colts. Yep. My, and guess my what? Yep. And guess what? Yep, my Jack. It was the Colts. Never yep. got it back. Never got it back. So, well, I, and, and everybody's different. Okay, I, I, you know, before anybody jumps on me and says, but that's him. But I'm saying you don't get enough opportunity. It's not like a running back who carries the ball 20, 25 times, fumbles, and, you know, like an Adrian Peterson or whatever. Well, he certainly ain't got Adrian Peterson's pedigree to say, well, I ain't cutting Adrian Peterson who fumbled, you know, in a key part of the game. So, yeah, you ain't cutting Adrian Peterson. Yeah. But, you know, but he, you, know, you don't get that many opportunities to win games. To where you could say, well, that's okay. You'll come back the next drive. Especially this game. It's over. Let's bring K-Star But on. I don't think – I just don't think you can make that knee-jerk decision to say, hey, let's get rid of him. And it's the off-season. It's the off-season now. Let me you ask you a question. a chance to get his confidence back, though. If he played for – I mean, you, like you just said, huh? If he played for New England, what do you think Belichick would do? I haven't seen him in that situation. I don't think he cut him. Mm. I don't know. K Star, well, welcome well, to the I mean, Hey, hey, how's it going, fellas? Hey, good, good. Hey, hey, we're debating whether whether JB and 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 Doctor Train, um, you know, uh, I'm saying I would cut Blair Walsh in Minnesota. He'd be gone. I'd release him. Um, and and briefly, and you you probably have better insight on this that the comparison I'm going to make, Mike Vanderjack. Mike Vanderjack was, was Indianapolis kicker, one of the best kicker, kickers in the history of the game at that time. And once he lost his confidence, he never came back. And it started with one miss, game-winning field goal that he missed, and he never came back. You know, we're going back a few years, but he never came back. And, I, and, and this guy, in my opinion, he had one job, make this kick. That's what you're there to do. The game's on the line, season's on the line, and, 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 he, and he didn't just – and he missed it bad, too. It was a bad miss. It wasn't even like it hit the upright and bounced out or something like that. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even close. Your thoughts, K Star? Yeah, I wouldn't cut him. Uh, he, I mean, he's a good kicker. The only difference between him and Vanderjack is Vanderjack was like a an arrogant guy who actually talked bad about Peyton and Tony Dunn off air in the Canadian media broadcast. <clears throat> so that also led to his demise. Uh, I definitely agree though with the confidence. I saw Jeff Reed. Uh, who had a four-missed field goal game in Pittsburgh, uh, who used to be the man, go from that game to just being terrible thereafter. And also that led to his demise. But uh, Blair Walsh might be okay. Um, he answered all the questions, you know. I mean, he was, he, you know, he held himself accountable. But from a game perspective, he was far more productive and, and beneficial and helpful to the Vikings uh, over Adrian Peterson. And obviously we're talking about two different players uh, with two different pedigrees. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, that was a play in the game that cost them the game, but ultimately there were a lot of plays in the game that could have won them the game. Um, 
And, you know, he, he did put up, what, three other field goals earlier in the game as well. He was their only source of offensive production. So, definitely tough. Would have cut him. Um, but it, it, it's definitely something to monitor monitor uh, in this upcoming season. If if he does start struggling, then, yeah, you probably should cut him early on because if it has a hair, hangover effect and then it lingers on him, then, yeah, it's not something that's going to go away. Oh, Oh, um, I don't think I don't think Mike Zimmer will cut him. Let me just be clear. Um, Mike Zimmer was part of Dallas Cowboy organization for a very long time. I don't think he'll cut him. Um, but if you saw that interview, if you saw Mike Zimmer's post game news conference, it was it was definitely one of a man who said we let one get away. It was definitely a man who waited a long time to be a head coach in this league. Went from Dallas, went to um, he went somewhere else before he went to Cincinnati, and um, you know, and really waited a long time to get this opportunity, and it shaped Minnesota into a contender, and pretty much they outplayed. I mean, yeah, the fourth quarter they they you know Seattle battled back like a champion, but you know the, the, for the game. Their defense stepped up, which is Zimmer's pedig- – you know, that's his background. He's a defensive-minded coach. And uh, they were they were they they looked like Seattle's defense for at least three three quarters. Um, and he just looked like I, – when I watched the interview, I said, oh, he's going to cut this guy. Um, but I, I doubt he will. But he definitely looked like crushed. Like we, we – this was our game, and we let it get away. And Zimmer been around long enough to know you can't take anything for granted in the NFL. You can't just say, okay, we'll be back in next year. You just don't know. You really, you don't know. They got, they're there now. You got to take that, you got to take advantage and grab that ring now. You got to go for it now. And next year is next year. And and he knew this was their game to win. So, but we'll see. You guys are probably right, but I would still cut him. He'd be gone. You got one job. You're you're a kicker. Kick, you know, and, and I get it. He made three other ones, but. You you missed the one that counted, and it was the easiest of all of them, and you blew it, and you blew it bad. <laughs> Not good. Um, anyway, um, let's see. We are expecting Max Redfield starting safety for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in about 10 minutes, and uh, we look forward to that. JB will be conducting that interview. Um, certainly, if either one of you guys have any questions, um, I am I don't follow college football that closely. Um, but I do, you know, I obviously know a little bit, but my brother is a college football guru uh, up between him and I. So he's going to lead the interview. And like I said, if either one of you guys have questions for Max, that, that's fine. He should be calling in around 930. Um, but before we before we go down that road, and certainly when we get Max on, we'll also touch on the, uh, what turned out to be a scintillating uh, college uh, game last night. We don't really do a lot of college on this show, but it, it, it's actually apropos to have Max on today, the day after, you know, the uh, championship game. So, um, but but uh, let's let's get into the Cincinnati um, Pittsburgh thing. It's been all over the media. It's been all over the news. Everybody knows what happened. Um, you know, it's a game where Cincinnati uh, really had control of the game and uh, really just imploded uh, down the stretch. Penalty by Perfect on on a on a hit, um, and then a a questionable penalty on on um, Pac-Man Jones. Um, the, those two penalties, 30 yards and personal fouls, put Pittsburgh right in field goal range, and uh, you know that was all she wrote. The game was over. Um, I'm sitting um, in in a in a, a club 
And it's interesting, this game was on Saturday night, and half the club, the TVs are up high, and half the club, I feel sorry for uh, the, the guy that was singing, who I happen to know pretty well, because a good portion of the club was watching this game and people weren't really listening or dancing. You, you, if I should have taken a picture of it because it would have been, it would have been, it was a spectacle to see. But we got, I got a conversation about the hit and about, and I said instantly, he's fine. He's fine and he's suspended. And, and just as much for that hit as his history. But the gentleman I was talking to said, yeah, but that hit, like the game is so fast. People say just pull up, but it doesn't work that way. It's it's you're moving at a very fast pace, and you're you're not always able to pull up or adjust. And I said, well, I I, I don't know. I, I I see that a little bit differently. I think he could have pulled up. Um, now Pac-Man Jones has come out and said that he thinks that um, Brown was 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 faking uh, or had flopped. Um, yeah. I almost don't even feel like justifying that with a comment. I think that's that. I just don't. don't I don't see yeah, that. Yeah, he, I mean, he felt like he should have won an Academy Award or something stupid like that. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I mean, I, I don't agree. He got the wrong yeah. genre. Like, oh yeah, he deserves he a Grammy. Grammy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish he was right because there'd be a good chance that he played this Sunday. My God. Yeah, and they're not looking good right now. You got to finish going through concussion protocol. Right. Yeah. So let's just assume because there's no reason to regurgitate everything we've heard on TV for the last few days. We all agree it was a bad hit. Burford got fired, getting penalized, he getting suspended for three games next year. I don't think anybody's going to defend this guy. Um, you know, and, and and that's that. But let's talk about the second part of that because that really seems to be more controversial. Yeah, a situation where. Uh, Brown's on the ground, and people are coming and concerned about him. And dependent, you know, it, it, there's a lot of ways to tell this story, but I'm just going to tell it the way I saw it. Um, you know, Jerry Porter, who was a former Steeler linebacker, Joey, back, Joey, I mean Joe, Joey, Jerry, Jerry Porter is another player. Joey Porter um, uh, was a great linebacker for the Steelers, um, and he's now linebackers coach, and he was out there amongst some of the Bengals players and apparently there was a, a, a you know apparently uh depending on who you asked there was some words exchanged and then I guess um um Pac-Man was trying to kind of confront Porter as to why he was even out there and accidentally or intentionally put his hands on Porter hit a ref and um got got the penalty um, and I saw K-Star put a video up. Some guys kind of broke it down and looked at it, looked at it one way. It, it kind of started with one of the Bengals players trying to just kind of, you know, pat Brown on the back saying, hey, you know, something to the effect of, you know, hey, I hope, you feel, I hope you're okay or, you know, stay tough or whatever they say to each other. And one of the coaches on, on the Steelers was kind of like, you know, get the hell away. And that kind of started it. Um Okay, Star, you had you, you kind of feel that Porter's Porter's um being victimized here uh and incorrectly. And you wanna elaborate? Uh, a little bit. Um he shouldn't have been out there, I don't dispute that. However, uh the story that Pagnum's telling isn't true. When you watch the video, Porter's out there uh next to Brown and once Burfick reaches for Brown, the trainer Pulls, you know, knocks the guy's hand away, 
and uh, Porter's smiling, and a Bengal comes up behind him and pushes him into, like, Burf picked it into Jones and into another Bengal. And the whole time, Porter just looks at them, and he just smiles. And then that's when, um, uh, I believe it was Pac-Man who, who reached out for him, and I guess actually hit the ref. So you actually don't see Porter say anything. He's just smiling and, you know, and stuff like that. So I actually assumed, just by knowing uh, the, kind of, <laughs> the kind of temper that, that Porter had, I figured he actually was talking shit to them. Actually, at first I believed Pac-Man, but when he watched the video, he actually did not. He kind of like was just basically trolling them, I guess, by being out there. And he didn't say anything. Like I said, he was just smiling. And um, the guy. So what do you think he was doing? If, if 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 you're convinced the video shows it, which I'm, I saw the video, I'm not convinced. Um, why was he there amongst the Bengals players, and what was the point? If he wasn't saying anything, why? Well, was he first, there? at first, it seemed like he was there to check on Brown, and then he kind of got pushed into the middle of it. I mean, he shouldn't have been out checking on Brown anyway, but he well, did. He did get pushed up. in the middle of it. There's footage of it. Well, well, but he 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 ends up amongst all the Bengals, okay. And why was he out there in the first place? I mean, you you gloss over he was out there, and maybe he shouldn't have been. Like, well, had he not been out there, none else would have happened. Like, he's a linebackers coach, so what are you doing going out there checking on a wide receiver? You're a linebackers coach. You've got four, five other coaches that have either a direct or indirect connection to the wide receiver. You're a linebackers coach, so what are you doing? You, you, I think you give Porter, who in his day wasn't the cleanest, um, nicest player, okay? In his day, he had that reputation, okay? So let's not act like there's not any reality to the fact that maybe he was out there, you know, maybe he didn't like the hit and was decided he was going to say something. Because there's a reason he was out there, and I don't believe it was a check on Antonio Brown. I personally, no, no, I'm, o- I'm open to that. I'm open to that. Like I said, I expected him to actually have said something when I, I believe Pac-Man at first, and then saw the video of the guy. He really didn't say anything. He was just out there, which I guess was enough for them to go crazy about. Because uh, when you watch the video, he didn't say anything. He got pushed. I don't know who was pushing some big lineman into those guys, and then Does that's that kind of what started it. Does that make sense, though? I mean, he's out there, he's among, and he's not saying anything, and he gets pushed, and he gets, and he gets confronted, but he's just standing there. That is, that makes, that, you know, just logic would do. Make it sound like he gets pushed. <laughs> he's smiling. That's why. It's because he's smiling at them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Joey Porter smug look. I mean, I mean, I mean, but, but he, he so again, you don't, you don't see him say anything. Like it's, it's, he doesn't say anything. That's the point, though. Joey Porter doesn't have to say anything. All he has to do out there is just go out and make a face. And you got to understand too, emotions are already running high. They are running all the time. Oh, he So with him just coming out there, just showing his face, that's more than enough. And we all agree he had no business being out there in the first place. So with that being he said, he baited them. Everything baited else is, is a domino effect. He comes out there. You got head coach that should have been out there. If anybody, you got assistant coach that should have been out there. If anybody, you got offensive coordinator that should have been out there before anybody. But no, it's Joy Porter that comes out. And you talk about an instigator of all instigators. He was up there too in his playing day, and even as a oh, coach, yeah. he's still up there. So you got motion high. You got somebody that is all you need is a spark to set it off, and that's him. And he had no business yep. being out there in the first place. That's the catalyst that got everything started. I agree, but we wouldn't even know he was out there. The Bengals didn't go crazy. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but, yeah, but, but, Had they not been able to kill themselves, that's all I'm saying. Well, I, I, I'm responding to your, 
I'm responding to your Porter is innocent statement where I think we can't dismiss the fact that there was an instigating factor in Porter being on the field. He's a linebacker's coach. He's on the field, and he's over where the Bengals players are. And he's a former Pittsburgh Steeler, great linebacker. He's a part of that rivalry. He knows he knows those organizations. So this isn't like I'm out there, never played for the Steelers. You know, this is this is this is Porter out there. And we know back in his career, we know that he wasn't exactly the cleanest, and he was, and he definitely had a lot to say. He ran his mouth. When he was, and, that, and that's oh, yeah. what happens in NFL. We get that. But I'm just saying is when you're a player and then you want to be in coaching, being a coach, that reputation follows you. And I think he knew that. So, I mean, um, yeah, you don't put your hands on a coach. Agreed. But I think Porter is not beyond reproach here. He, he, he was wrong, too. You know, but, I mean, the perfect was just wrong all the way around. And I, <laughs> I sincerely hope for him that he wakes up and realizes that this continual play like this is going isn't going to help him in his in his uh you know in his career as he tries to get another contract and guys making 19 million okay 19 million over 4 years now you know that that's okay money but a guy that talent he can do a lot better than that he's not going to get any better than that if he don't shape up matter of fact he could find himself on the outside looking in if he don't shape yeah, up yeah i was going to say that said, time to switch gears, gentlemen. And let me remind everybody, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525, uh, Commissioner T, JB, K-Star, and Dr. Train live on the Madden Voice. Check us out. We're on Twitter at the Madden Voice. We're on Facebook, facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice. So just go to Google, Bing, whatever your uh, choice of, of search engines, type in the Madden Voice. You'll find us. I now have the pleasure of bringing on... Um, a a and I don't I've never met Max I, I I have not met him so I can't act like I know him but I do know I do know his father okay and um me and his father go back a number of years and um um and and and, it, and I get the sense through his father that the son is a chip off the old block if you will um this is this guy is a standout safety for Notre Dame University. And some of the accolades that this guy has done throughout his career, it just it just looks like the best is yet to come. It looks like his whole career and everything is on an upswing. He just finished his junior year. Notre Dame finished, I believe they finished ranked uh, eighth. JB, you can confirm that for me because I know you're the college football guru here. Um, and, and a heck of a season. And this guy is a heck of a player. I want to introduce him now uh, from Notre Dame University, starting safety, Max Redfield. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Great to be here. Good to have you. Now, every every guest we have on the show, we got to give them the sizzling bacon applause. Here we go. Thank you, I appreciate it. It'll go on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, sound a little bit like sizzling bacon. But welcome to the show. It's good to have you. And um, as you, as you, as your pops probably told you, me and your dad go way back. I'm sure you've heard the stories about the great athletics that y- your dad did when when he was your age and and younger. Yeah, and yeah. I can tell you firsthand, I saw it. I saw it. I was there. I saw what your father did as an athlete, and he he was phenomenal. And it just looks like. From what I can see and what I can I can uh, testify, it's in the genes. It looks like you were uh, 
three-sport athlete in high school. You were All-American, and you've taken those talents right into Notre Dame. Talk to us a little bit about the transition from high school athletics to Division yep. One football. Well, uh, I was lucky to go to a pretty good, a pretty good um, institution in high school. So football went well, academics went well for me in high school. But the, the, the huge difference, uh, just going to a Division One school like Notre Dame, is um, I think a lot of people say time management, but they don't really understand what that means. It's just you're overwhelmed with so many things on your schedule and as well as off your schedule. If you're not studying, you feel like you probably should be studying. If you're not um, watching some film or trying to improve your game, you feel like you should be doing so. And if you're not, then you don't want to get better, and that's what's preached to us, and uh, that's what we've come to believe, and that's why we uh, have such high standards at Notre Dame. Excellent, excellent. I've got JB on the line here. JB also happens to be my brother. He is a college football fanatic, and he was excited as anything when I let him know that you were calling into the show. He actually follows Notre Dame, among other teams. So, JB, I'm going to turn it over to you. I know you got some questions about the season and some of the games, and JB, take it away. Appreciate it. And Max, hey, man, welcome to the Madden Voice. It definitely is a pleasure. Uh, to say I'm excited is an understatement. When I got the text that you were going to be calling in, almost kind of jumped through the phone. So uh, really Thanks excited. Man. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, no, my pleasure. Hey, I wanted to get some thoughts from you about the season, and congratulations again on wrapping up a, a productive season, junior year. Uh, I, I took a look at some of the games I was able to catch the game that you had against both Clemson and Stanford, unfortunately, y'all came up short, but terrific games nonetheless. Uh, I know that's tough, and I don't mean to kind of dig up more bones, if you will, but take us inside the, the mindset that you have when, when you're playing a, a top a top 10, top 5, top 15 school, like like Clemson, obviously, and like Stanford, and, and what it's like to go against Deshaun uh, Watson and then, obviously, the third-place uh, person in the Heisman uh Christian McCaffrey, what's it like to, to get yourself psyched up and prepared to go against those two gentlemen? Yeah, well, well like you said, you got to get yourself psyched up and um, have to be prepared. Um, that's the thing that we preach or our coaches preach to us a lot is um, just trust your preparation, you know, fall back on your preparation in the game. So you obviously have to prepare like it's a game every every single day. Um, you know that the scout team's not going to be as fast or, or as talented as the team you're going to face, so you have to understand that you can't play down to their speed because you're not going to be seeing their speed on a Saturday, especially with great players like uh, Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey and other, other Division One athletes. But it's it really is uh, all in the preparation. You have to you have to treat every day like a game, and so you'll be 100% ready for it on game day. And um, obviously, like you said, they're great players. But once you're on the field, it's all level. It's uh, it's just it's man measures man, and you can't obviously can't back down or hesitate. No, no doubt. And and I was looking over the, the statistics over the season and. It just so happens you had two of your best games against Stanford and Clemson. So, you know, slouch either, but, man, I was like, who's number 10 out there making these tackles? I saw the Clemson game a little bit, 14 tackles, 11 solo. You got Stanford, 10 total tackles, 6 solo. And you were flying around out there. So I could tell your mindset was prepared to go up against these two guys. So it was a great game, and, and I really enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah, man. Other, no, no doubt. The other question I have, just to stick uh, on those two right now, since they both finished second and third in the Heisman voting, can you tell us and, and, and the, the rest of the folks that are listening a couple of things? One, what are the two, what are the items that you see similar 
and uh, in, in, in going up against those two players? And what are the differences that you're seeing going up against those two? I know the, the positions are different, but I'm sure there's some similarities, but there's also some differences too. Yeah, um, so just uh, some similarities between the two. Obviously, they're extremely explosive and have a, have a quick first step. Uh, so Deshaun, Deshaun uh, scrambles a lot and, and runs the ball a lot for quarterbacks and, and has uh, that athletic ability that makes and allows him to make plays. And the same for Christian, but obviously it's a different it's a different um, position between running back and quarterback, but Christian's uh, a little bit more quicker um, and has, a like I said, that's that same first step, but also has that quickness uh, resonating throughout his run. And um, also both both of them uh, are great players and have just a determination to win and just that, uh, that competitive spirit that doesn't go away from uh, the beginning of the game to the end of the game. And we were in a fourth-quarter battle with both teams, and um, both both uh, players seemed to get stronger as, as the game went on, which, which might not have been the case, but um, their stamina and just determination um, helped us succeed throughout the game. Mm, that, that's terrific insight. See, that's why I'm glad you're on here because I have questions specific for you, but I want to talk about those two because those are really the talk of the town throughout the season. And I wanted to give you one other question, too. Since you, you team went head-to-head with Clemson, and I thought you guys were going to pull that one out. I was actually rooting for you. I had, had my fingers crossed and you were going to get it. Tell us about Clemson and, and the approach the Irish took versus the approach that the uh, the Crimson Tide took last night because you guys defensively pretty much held Clemson in check throughout that, that game. And Alabama, of course, knows the defense, especially the front seven. But still, they, they got 40 hung up on them. So, yeah. If, if, if you can, tell us some of the things that you may have done differently if you were uh, the Crimson Tide last night to kind of try and neutralize Watson. Yeah, so what I noticed most is if, if Alabama wasn't getting after the quarterback, which they had success doing, they they weren't consistently putting pressure on him, and um and I, and they didn't hold the integrity of the wrestling sometimes, or or if they had a blitz, um they didn't hold the integrity of where they were blitzing. So what that means is they just didn't stay in the gap that that they had, so that Deshaun had a had a crease to to either scramble out of or um, extend the play longer, which for uh, defensive backs we hate because the longer the play goes on, um nerve wracking chasing around receivers for that long, and it's, and it's hard to do, and people know that. So um. Obviously, getting a rush on a rush on the quarterback, getting pressure on is is crucial. And at times they didn't do that, which um, gave way to a breakdown in the second day. So, just the, the fact that Alabama had so many points on them was, I think, uh, the fact that the D line and secondary wasn't working together um, at certain points of the time, and and they let Deshaun expose him to a certain extent because of the pressure that was inconsistent. And for us, we we kind of we had a strategy to more contain him. Um, rather than blitz him and put pressure on him. So even um, when he tried to scramble, we had an extra defender waiting for him or just certain cases like that where we knew we had, if we could contain him, then we uh, we wouldn't have a problem containing the rest of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that too because the, the, the one thing that impressed me in watching, watching yesterday was not so much his athletic ability, but it was the mental aspect of it. He knew when to get out of bounds. He knew when to... To, to get a few extra yards, he knew when to get rid of the ball. He played a cerebral game, and for for someone that's only a sophomore, I thought he played probably his best game out of the entire year. So um, I, I can't take nothing away from him. Let me let me switch yeah, gears. With, let me let me let me change it up a bit and bring it back to the Golden Dome, if you will. Let's bring it back to South Bend. Tell us from 
just from a player's perspective, what what's it like to be uh, a Notre Dame fighting Irish player? When you had the likes of Blue Holt roaming the sidelines back in the day, you had the likes of Roger Ishmael and Tim Brown back in the day. What's what's it like there when when it comes to Notre Dame football and, and all the history behind it? Yeah, well, uh, it's, I'd say it's overwhelming to a certain extent when you when you first get here because there's, there's so much to look at. There's there's so much history to know. There's so much uh, great tradition that Notre Dame has, and um, so many great players and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely a little overwhelming. But then um, then you just feel how much how much pride uh, you should have and, and the other players around you have as well because of obviously the audience that watches us on on Saturdays and and the people who are just rooting for us and, and look up to us um, from from fans to just peers and students and staff. There's a lot of people um, relying on us to get a win or performing uh, in a good way on Saturday, and obviously that dictates um, a lot of moods and, and attitudes towards us uh, if we don't do that. So uh, it's a lot of pressure as well, but um, we have incredible opportunities, which is uh, why, why a lot of us came, came to Notre Dame. We have guys from Texas, Florida, New York, Washington, California, every corner you can think of, all over the Midwest. Um, and we all came here for the same reason. I think it's an incredible institution. Um, the academics are great. The alumni are national as well as international. And the football team is always um, towards the top um, nationally. So it's an incredible university all around. And um, the opportunities are really endless. And, and people come here and know that. And, and just really want to utilize that. You you can't go wrong with with a, a great football program, but also with with a, a, a an academic history that Notre Dame has. I mean that's that's what you really call killing two birds with one stone. So the fact that you're yep. there now speaks speaks tremendously high as yourself. So I'm I'm glad that you're you're really doing well, and, and uh, I think that's terrific. You know you, you mentioned um, you mentioned former players too, and I had a chance to look at some of the players that have been drafted while. While playing with you, um, I was talking with, with with my brother there this morning, and um, I'm a fan of Lewis Nix. I thought he was a great D tackle. Yeah. He he was there your freshman year. Um, you had T.J. Jones. He's a wide receiver that got drafted drafted by the Lions, and then you have uh, one of your receivers that's going into the draft this year, Will Fuller. Tell us what it's like to play with these future or, and or potential NFL players and, and what similarities you see between them and, and how do they match up with, with some of the things that you're trying to do? Well, I, well obviously there's a lot of different positions and, and I play with probably over 20 guys who are either on their way to the league or in the league right now. So it's it's really uh, it's humbling where you can get and that you're not there yet and seeing seeing your close friends and you know, some some of my best friends uh, going to the NFL and make it um, it's also extra motivation because you see what's in front of you and it's, and it's right there but overlooking it and not paying attention to what you have to do on a day-to-day basis and getting better in, in every way especially on the field um, on a daily basis um, then, you'll, then you won't get there or, or taking away from that so um, I get reminded by that by them and um, it's a constant reminder that they don't need to say and and expect from us to obviously get to the same level that they are. That's what everybody expects, and um, that's also what we expect uh, coming coming to Notre Dame playing football and uh, it being such a national powerhouse and always on national TV and stuff like that. We expect to get the exposure um, to get us to the NFL because we believe that we have the talent. Hey, let me let me let me let me let me jump in real quick because you said something that um, 
I know your dad's listening too. Just just in case you didn't know, your dad is listening. Um, sure. But you said something that I caught that was kind of interesting. So the mind of a I guess this would be your mind, but it sounds like the way that you're maybe coached is um, don't really, you're not really thinking about making it. You're kind of dealing with today. You're kind of like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the practice field. I'm going to be the best practice player I can be today. I'm working hard. I'm in the weight room. I'm running my sprints. I'm, I'm watching the film. I'm, I'm just going to be the best me I can be. Saturday comes, I'm going to be the best. But, but there's no real thoughts about I'm doing this because I want to make the NFL. It's really just about, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm trying to make sure I understand because I never really thought of it that way before. It's really just, Hey, I'm just trying to be the best I can be. And let's see where it takes me. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, yeah, definitely to a certain extent. Um, that, that's, that's something that's uh, obviously, like I said, uh, taught to us and, and that we believe as well. If I take care of this day and fulfill this day to the best of my abilities, then I should have nothing to worry about. And if I do that every single day until the moment when I have the opportunity to uh, get drafted or leave college, then without a doubt I'll be exactly where I need to be. And we, obviously, people who come to Notre Dame believe that they have the talent and the coaches that we have the talent to us. Uh, do just that, and you know, of course it's in the back of our head, and, and we even talk about it um, pretty often, especially when teammates uh, are going all the time, and, and we have people on our team who are always uh, looking against the NFL. It's something that's uh, often talked about, but it's it's constantly pushed to the back of our heads because taking taking care of this moment in this day and making the best is way more important than that. And um, we struggle to develop um, physically, mentally, and spiritually at a place like Notre Dame. Okay, one more follow-up to that. So how often, especially being you know, at Notre Dame, a major, major university, do you guys and does your coach kind of allow you to, do you guys listen? We're in a 24-hour news cycle now, okay? When, when me and your father were involved in athletics, it was a completely different world. It, it was nothing mm-hmm. like it is today. You know, you got Twitter, yeah. you got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you've got, you know, C- CNN and ESPN, and, I mean, constantly inundated with sports, with news, 24 hours a day. I find out things from Facebook before I find out anywhere else now. It's amazing. Um, So being that you're in such a visible program, you know, one of the top programs in the country, do you pay attention to what the media says, or are you guys kind of trained to just, you know, turn that off, don't really really worry about the media, and let's just focus on what what we're here to do? Yeah, we're trained to not look, even look at it at all. We call it, we call it noise, and uh, you don't get noise whether it's good or bad. And you know there's going to be noise no matter what, because that's that's the job. That's what they get paid for. They, they get paid to make noise, and um, of course it's all an, an opinion. And maybe it's a expert opinion at some points, and maybe it's a, a bystander, innocent bystander's opinion at, at, at times, because it's, it's really just uh, it's all noise. And, and when it seems like that, um, it, it can affect you, and it, and it shouldn't affect you at all. And, and that's the kind of uh, outlook we have towards the media because even if it is positive at times, you're going to get negative, of course, uh, from from some angle. So um, it's just it's just noise. I like that. It's noise. That's what that's what we that's what we think about first take and Skip Bayless is just noise. Oops, I'm sorry. Did I say that? I'm sorry. Did I say that? Um, JB, what else you got? Uh, just a couple more because um, I know you got other things to do, but I, I certainly appreciate the time. So just a couple more. 
One question I have is, I mean, obviously you're you're about to be a senior. You're coming up in the ranks. Can you give us one person who you idolize at the uh, at the safety position? Present players, past players, whomever. Right off the bat, Brian Dawkins is my number one, and then Sean Taylor. And then if you want a third one, it's Ed Reed. Those are my three riders. Nah, can't go wrong with that. Mm-mm. Can't go wrong with that. The Brian Dawkins one, I'm, I'm a little hesitant on because that's the Eagles and I'm a Cowboys fan, but he was a, definitely a bad boy. I, I I will give you credit on that one. That's a bad boy. Um, last but not least, and, and I really want to turn this to you. Like I said, you're, you're entering your senior year. You've, you've had a, a very good career thus far. What does the future hold for Max Redfield? The future holds for Max Redfield a national championship for Notre Dame, which I'll be including in, obviously. Um, All-American status as a senior, and then a first-round draft pick. That'll, that'll be it. I'll be on my way to the league. Graduated. That's what I'm talking about. Can That's you what dig I like. it? Yeah. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I mean, I deserve the can you dig it. I mean, that's what that's what I like. <laughs> Keep no, the goals high. So listen, no. listen. Uh, but real quick, did J did uh, K Star or Doctor Train have any quick questions? I I kind of had JB handle the interview. Did you guys have anything you wanted to throw in there? Yeah, um, uh, I heard I'll Brian. I heard Brian, I heard Brian Dawkins and Ed Reed mentioned, but I didn't hear Troy Polamalu. Man, I'm a Steelers fan. What's going on with that? Uh, he, he might have to be number four. If there's a number four, he might have to be number four. <laughs> I'm just giving, I'm just giving you crap. Uh, I, I do have a question though about the film watching. Now, <clears throat> do you ever, or anyone else who you play with, kind of watch the all 22 film or or, or film on the uh, professional players, or is it strictly just watching film within college and kind of focusing on the schemes within that uh, within the college game? Yeah, we de- we definitely watch our professional players, um, especially because uh, the defense coordinator we have now runs an NFL scheme. So for a lot of teams in the NFL, we're running the same exact thing. So we could often uh, call out what coverage they're doing and, and then uh, watching the safeties uh, doing the same exact thing I'm doing. So um, especially with the corners, the corners as well, and, and linebackers. So we do watch some NFL film, um, not as much as uh, obviously college film and the opponent that we're facing uh, week to week. Right. Right. Do you, now, do you watch the All-22 film when you, when you watch the pros, when you do get a chance, or do you just watch the games and kind of casually observe those those same coverages and schemes? I'll, it'll usually be broken down. I'll just watch the defensive plays. Or if I'm watching a game on TV, I'll just I'll just watch the defense and not pay too much attention to the offense. Nice. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Now, Max, do you play Madden? I do. I play a little Madden. Okay. And in case you didn't realize, K Star, if you if you Google K Star, if you Google like Madden Nation season four, K Star was one of the contestants on the bus and um routinely is one of the top Madden players in the country. Um played many, many uh national tournaments, won a won a yeah. bucket of money and he, he's a he's a top player. So, you know, you ever looking to get your game on, you know, um we just had one of our boys problem just played Maurice Jones Drew, we know problem pretty well from our Madden days, and uh, yeah, he spanked them pretty good. So, you know, I'm just saying, as, as you get ready to embark on that uh, upcoming NFL career, a lot of those guys get real deep into Madden. You got a personal tutor right here that'll get your game, get your game tight. There you All right, go. I'm a deal. I'm mm-hmm. with that. All right. Hey, listen, oh. Max. Um, I'm sorry. Oh. Did, I miss, did, did Train have a question? 
Yeah, I just have one 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 quick question. Hopefully, it doesn't take a, a long answer. Um, uh, Max, uh, once again, welcome to the show, man. Uh, like you said, I'm Doctor Train. But um, my question was about the game uh, last night. I'm assuming you watched the contest last night. Yeah. Um, there were two major blown coverages in uh, Clemson's secondary. Um, yeah. Mainly, you, uh, you couldn't really tell um, whether it was the safety or the corner. Mm-hmm. So one part of my question is, one, who does that, from your perspective, who does that fall on? And two, the second blown coverage, literally, the guy ran, the tight end Howard ran right past the safety. I mean, he probably could have reached out and touched him. Yeah. Yep. And he let him, and he just let him go by. Uh, so, I mean, does that, I mean, you play in the position, does that just, does that happen? Do you, are you, are you so focused on something else that you completely miss a guy that runs right by you or you dependent on your, yeah. on the defense, you know, the defensive assignments, maybe it's the corner that's supposed to drop back in like a cover, cover three shell to, to grab him. I mean, what's your take on, on, on both of those plays? Cause I, I believe out of all the things that Clemson did wrong last night, last night, those were the most crucial to them losing that game because that was complete yeah, yeah, breakdown. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, one of the plays was, I believe, it was a it was a wheel to the tight end, and it was mm-hmm. a cover three. So there was a there was a deep safety, and then there's a, a flat defender who covers the flat and a wheel. So it's supposed, well, I mean, it, it was a it was a Tarzan, which is a, a fake a fake screen, and then they go deep, obviously. And um, mm-hmm. someone has a responsibility of taking taking that man, um, covering him in the flat, and then obviously he moved through the flat to a deep route. But it went through his zone, so the man who had that flat zone should have carried, carried it to the deep route throughout the safe. And um, then obviously there's a deep safety in the middle who uh, should be seeing this all unwind. And then he's reading the quarterback's eyes, but should be seeing the, the receiver wide open. So it's kind of a kind of a double-edged sword. It could, it could be on either of them, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely a shared shared responsibility. But and the second play, um, as far as when someone runs by you, it, it, all it can be is um, someone's eyes is in the wrong place. So a lot with uh, defense is reading your keys and then reacting to your keys. And sometimes when you're looking at a key or you're looking at the wrong key, then you can miss, uh, obviously, a guy running by you or um, something like that. So um, it was obvious that his eyes were in the wrong place. And even if that wasn't his responsibility, um, he's, he's, the, he's the deepest guy in the, in the defense, and he got ran right by. So it's, uh, it's all on him. Wow. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I just want to say, I, 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 I commend, you know, you clearly have high football IQ and everyone does not. Um, and you, you, you certainly understand the game, study the game and, um, that will serve you well. So I, I commend you on that. Um, listen, I want to thank you. I mean, this has been a pleasure for us. Um, we appreciate you giving us the time to come on here. I only have one favor to ask you. When you get drafted, right, and you're out yep. there playing for whatever team it is, and you're out there wrecking havoc, man, don't forget about your friends here on the Madden Voice, okay? Once you make sure you come back once in a while, check in with us, say hello. Um, but we're going to be watching you next season. We're going to watch your senior season. We're going to follow Notre Dame. We're going to root for you, and we're going to, you know, let's, let's, let's sit here and hope that you do have a productive, and healthy season, 
and make it to the national championship and do well next season because you made new friends here tonight and we're in your corner we're there for you max so we wish you the best and appreciate it again and 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 to floyd senior my 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 old friend thank you very much your son is a true reflection of you your father's a great great man but i know you already know that i i I think the world of him and i'm just grateful to have him as my friend and i'm glad that you were able to find time to be on the show with us tonight yeah, man, I can't thank you guys enough. I appreciate it. Had a great time on the show. I'll come back whenever you guys want. Just let me know. Yes, sir. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. All, right. Thank you. All right, you too. Take care. All right, everybody. Max Redfield, starting safety, Notre Dame University. And you heard it here. He's hoping for national championship next season, um, finish the season strong, All-American status, and um, first round draft pick. And, you know, I wouldn't bet against you. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say, and I'm going to co-sign with him because, they they had that game against Clemson. They could have won that one. They had a game against Stanford. Could have won that one. I, I I'm not going to go against them. I could see them going right back and and getting into that that um the the, the playoffs and, and going for that national championship. I, I'm I'm a huge fan now. That's for sure of Max Redfield. And, and I'm it was an honor actually to give the interview. So I appreciate that, Commiss. Uh, well, yeah. I know. I mean that that was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Well, and well, um, let me just... wish him the best. Well, let me just say this, and the other thing, the other thing is, you know, when you look at the Clemson Notre Dame game, and you look at the Notre Dame, I'm sorry, and the Clemson Alabama game, um, you know, I, 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 dare I say it, uh, Notre Dame played them better than Alabama did, you know, right? And so yep. I think, I think JB, yep. you're hitting it right on the head. These boys are gonna turn around, um, and and be right there in the thick of it next year. Uh, Max seems to be very, you know, again, I'm not surprised. I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, say I have a bromance with Floyd Sr. because I don't. He's a friend of mine. He's been a longtime friend. I have a lot of respect for him. I, I have to I have to tell this story because I always tell this story, JB. And, and JB, you, you, you may not remember this because you was a young buck at the time. I got to just tell this quick story about Floyd Sr. We both, we both uh, were the same age and we both went to UConn, but this was our senior year. Went to two different high schools and uh, we were both top of, you know, top. He was top quarter miler. I was a top high hurdler. And um, we went to the, the state, the state uh, finals, and a uh, big, big meet out somewhere Eastern Park, Killingworth, or somewhere out there. Uh, unfortunately, I tore my hamstring. I didn't pull it. I tore my hamstring, um, so I, I didn't, I didn't win my race. Had I been healthy, I—that's I, another conversation. But anyway, um, but I stayed around because I wanted to see Floyd's race, uh, Floyd Senior. I wanted to see his race, and he ran against a guy. Bill Oliverson, okay, and I always tell this story because it's just, for me, it was just exciting to sit there and watch because everybody, for some reason, everybody picked Oliverson to win. Now, I'm not going to try to, like, make this a race thing. It's not really a race thing, okay, but Floyd is African-American and Oliverson is not, okay, let's just put it that way. Okay, so where I come from, on on an average day, the brother is going to be faster than the white boy. I'm just being honest, okay, and and there's exceptions. My, My money, my money would have been on Floyd as well. 
That's what I'm saying. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying. First class. You got to understand Connecticut and pockets in Connecticut look at things a little differently, you know, and and, 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 and so, you know, people were saying I was going to win. I sit up there like, I sit in the stands, right, leg all wrapped up, ice on my leg and stuff. Coaches say, come on, we need to go because I was the only one that made it from my school. So once I was done, they're like, let's go. I'm like, no, I'm watching this race. And I'm sitting there like, why? I said, Floyd going to smoke this cat. But, you know, we're going to watch this race. So the race starts, and, you know, quarter mile, you start off on the corner. And by the time I got to the back stretch, the first, like the first, the second hundred meters, the race was over. The race was over. Okay, Floyd beat this dude. Now, you guys have to understand track and field. And Jason ran, my brother ran, so he understands this. You run a quarter mile and you lose by a second, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a gut. That's a gap. He beat him by a second and a half. Okay. He ran in high school, this was a 46-plus, 46-something quarter mile, as a senior in high school, okay? That's all I'm saying. It was, one of, it was, just, it was exciting for me because I knew him, and we had, we had chit-chat a little bit back then, you know, just friendly, you know, you seem like a nice guy. Then I go to UConn, and there he is. I was like, oh, damn, you know, I remember you. Yeah, I remember you too. So, and we just, we managed to keep a friendship over the years. And now, you know, we, we hang out from time to time. He's a great, he's a great guy. And he was nice enough to get his son to come on the show. He was a great athlete in his day. I'm not even going to get into all his accolades, but um, I'm sure one night we'll get him to come on the show and he'll be more than happy to talk about his accolades. Um, But clearly, you know, uh, it's in the genes and, um, you know, and from what I understand, he's got another son coming up. And got some basketball skills, and um, yeah, um, just hang tight because if we're doing the Madden voice in 10 years, we may be having another Redfield on talking uh, athletics too. But um, so, Floyd, Floyd Sr., if you're out there, thanks again. I'll, I'll be hollering at you. I appreciate it. We on the Madden voice appreciate it, and um, you know, of course, our best to Max. So, uh, with that, uh, remember if you're out there, you want to call in, it's 347 838 Three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. You can catch us on Twitter. It's at the Madden Voice. You can go to Facebook and just type uh, facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice, or just go to Google, go to Bing, go to whatever your search engine is, and just type in the Madden Voice, and you'll see us there. And um, you know, and, and, and just demographically, the shows worldwide. We get people listening from all over the world. Uh, you know, I've had emails from you know Aussie Adam out in Australia. I got people in Japan on the naval base out there sending us messages. And you know, we, we, there's a lot of people listening to the Madden Voice, and we appreciate the love. And the support, and uh, we also happen to know ESPN listens because they quote us all the time. They just don't give us credit, but that's okay. I just want them to know that I see them listening to our show and pulling quotes off our show and putting it on their on their Sports Center, and that's all right. Y'all go ahead and keep doing that because I know you're paying attention to us. Um, that said, let's move on. Um, so we talked about the Bengals. Uh, Steelers get you know get, get a couple of breaks and and they pull it out. We talked about. Um, uh, Minnesota, um, you know, let's talk about the Packers and, um, you know, Commissioner T at the last, uh, late, late in the game made a, made his pick and changed, uh, from the Redskins to the Packers, which was actually smart because when we look at it and, and Dr. Train made a uh, late change from the, uh, <laughs> so if we look at, uh, wild card standings, um, K-Star, uh, 4-0. K-Star called all four games correctly. And uh, me and JB are 3-1. and one. Uh, I missed 
the um, Pittsburgh game, although I was Bengals should have won. But anyway, I missed that game. JB missed the Redskins game. And uh, Dr. Train changed his pick, so he had the Bengals, and he also had the Redskins. So um, let's talk about the Packers, and I want to go to Dr. Train because that's his division. Um, We saw maybe like the first quarter that the Packers uh, really were kind of the same Packers we've seen recently, very pedestrian, very average. And then, I don't know, something happened, and the next thing you know – they started looking like the team we saw in the beginning of the season. They started clicking. Receivers started uh, to, to make catches. Rodgers looked like the old Rodgers had a little pep in his step. Lacey started running again. Um, and the team really started to put it together. So they were able to beat the Redskins, which, frankly, is nothing to really go and you know sit there and brag about. I'm sorry. I know the Redskins have been hot, but they are still the Redskins, okay? The team that was picked to finish last in their division um, and I heard an interesting stat that Kirk Cousins has not beaten a team that has finished a season 500 or better yet. So, um, which I didn't know, and I didn't go to verify, but I was told that he has not had a win over a team that has finished a season 500 or better. So, so there you have it. But that said, with the with the slight resurgence of the Packers. What do you think their chances are? Now we're going to do, you know, we're going to talk about the games in a minute. But were you impressed enough to think that they have a, a puncher's chance against Arizona, or are they just delaying the inevitable? This is Dr. Train. <laughs> I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but um, um, I, I honestly, I still think it'll be the same result, but. Maybe not as uh, not as easy. Aaron Rodgers looked a little. He looked better than he um, than he has in his previous games. Um, the defense played well, and I don't know if it's and I don't know if that's uh, due to um, the fact that they were playing Kirk Cousins. And I don't know. I don't. I really don't understand what happened to the Redskins towards the middle of that second half. But they kind of just it, it, they just stopped. Like the brace were put on, I, I think that a lot of the credit goes to to the defense and the, and, the, and the offense just kept pouring it on. They got something back, but I still think Arizona is still the better all around team. And I don't think I, I I still don't think it'll be enough. Okay, so, I just want to jump in here. Um, when I pick Green Bay, so why don't you was, jump in here while you're at it? Just jump on in. Just, just just let me jump in at first. When I when I pick Green Bay last week. My reasoning for it was Green Bay's defense is underrated. Um, and what I mean by underrated is, yeah, they've been playing great, but that's when they've been playing teams with a good running game. And Washington doesn't didn't present that threat. So I think that when that game was going on, you know, they played into the Packers' strengths, which is, you know, pass defense, rushing the quarterback. And you saw uh, Matthews and you saw Perry get after uh, Cousins. And, you know, the Redskins can't run the ball. But the problem is they're about to play – a team that can in Arizona and, and David Johnson, we've seen what he did to them against them. And when they play, so, play those balanced teams, it's when they get in trouble. And um, another thing I think that worked in their favor was they're playing Washington secondary, which isn't very good. And in this situation, again, about to play a pretty good secondary in Arizona. I don't really see them being able to leverage any advantages. I don't think they have any advantages to leverage here. Um, so I think it's be more of the same as well, but the Aaron Rodgers, um, 
he played a good game. However, the first quarter, he was still missing guys who were open. You saw Cobb. He missed on a deep crossing over in the middle of the field, which was kind of rare. You don't really see that too often. But, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think Washington's defense was a perfect pit situation for Green Bay to, to, to come back and get a W. And, you know, of course, it was a playoff game. But Washington, they just haven't really played anyone good. And that's very indicative in a stat you revealed earlier about Kirk Cousins not being able to beat or to this point not having beat a team over 500. And I'll just add one thing. I agree with you. Rodgers in the first quarter, at least, was missing plays, but missing missing passes. But I also saw a number of times where it just didn't look like the receivers were were getting open. They weren't getting off the line, and they weren't getting. I was watching because I've been hearing this for weeks. So I said, let me watch. And they weren't really playing, getting played all that physical. They weren't getting any separation. Cobb and Jones and um, that Devontae, whatever his name is. Uh, I think Adams, I think. Yeah, they, they, I, and, I, I, and I really don't know what changed. Part of it was Aaron Rodgers. He did miss a couple of passes. You're right, K-Star. But some of it was these receivers weren't getting any separation from the Redskins. And then, like, somewhere in the second quarter, it's like started the you know started you know completing passes and I, I I don't know because we're watching you know we're watching a broadcast and we're not able to you know control what we can see I would love to go watch the all twenty two or something and kind of watch the scheming a little bit and just see like something changed on I think on Green Bay side because then all of a sudden you saw you saw it starting to click and you saw Rogers starting to get that ball in there and you saw him with a little pep in his step and, and then Lacey you know, it was the pass opening up the run because then Lacey started popping some big runs because, you know, they had to lay off and try to get their coverage right and then next thing you know, Lacey who really still looks hurt. Even though he got a couple of good runs in there, he still looks hobbled. He still looked like that rib must be bothering him or something. I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, well, I, um, I think yeah, to me, when I was watching the game and, and y'all can speak on it however you want, when Deshaun Jackson didn't get into the end zone, the way he carried that ball in, I thought, one, I thought it was ridiculous. You got to dive to make sure you cross it. So then Amen. he got to stop flush and had to kick a field goal. To me, that was a turning point because it seemed like at that point, Green Bay woke up and said, you know what? We went from giving up a touchdown to just surrendering three points. We can get in this game. We can take them. And it seemed like from that point forward, the momentum just started shifting little by little by little, and then it was a snowball effect. Things just got rolling. I'd be curious to see what would have happened if he scored. Maybe it had been the same thing, maybe not. But to me, it seemed like that was a turning point. You know, I know. Now, I was going to say, I know Deshaun Jackson is arguably one of the best deep threats in the game. Um, you know, he's got he's got uncanny speed and, you know, um, but and, – and, yeah, I get it. I'm a little biased because he's a Redskin and before that he was an Eagle. But seriously, I never cared for him. And they're just – you know, he makes plays and then he hurts the team. It's like he does both. You know, look at the game against Dallas that they lost. They kept they kept you know Dallas in the in the mix for a little while, where he runs backwards twenty something yards and 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 hurts them, and then in overtime, you know, um, scores. I don't know if it was, it was overtime or late in the fourth quarter, but scores a touchdown to to keep him in the game. You know, it's like like, but he, I I know he's trying to make a play. But at the same time, I think there's a bit of an arrogance there that annoys me. And I think, you know, he just figured his speed, I'm going to run to the corner and score and not realizing, 
oh, yeah, I better put the ball in my left hand and get it in that pylon. You know, like, come on, dude, you're a veteran. You know, you're a pro bowler. You, you know, you, 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 you've got one job. I mean, okay, he's got more than one job. But seriously, though, I mean, he got, he got to score that touchdown. You know, I'm yeah, right. he's a professional. You know. He's a professional. Anybody else would be diving for that pylon to make sure they get in. The problem that I have with Deshaun Jackson, at times he doesn't play 100%. He doesn't go 0 to 100 like everybody else. He'll go 0 to 95. In this particular case, it's that 5% that cost him because if he had just stuck the ball out two hands, easy touchdown. But he doesn't always play that way, and that's the problem. I agree. I guess what Shaquille got rid of him. He doesn't want to play off game. Um, Deshaun Jackson hasn't, you know, and, yeah, he's definitely one of those arrogant types where he has, like, such great athletic ability where he just thinks that he can leverage that, and that's all he'll need to do, more, more, you know, athleticism than, you know, mental game. It's really what, what Deshaun Jackson kind of is at this point. Like, he's got all the ability in the world, but, again, just, just relies so heavily on that. He's got to let the mental side come to him a bit more, and maybe it will. He's getting a little older, but he's still one of the fastest, most dynamic players there are. Um, I just want to say, as far as Green Bay goes, one thing I did notice was that when they started using Randall Cobb more in the backfield, I feel like they kind of opened up the passing yeah. a little bit for them. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, because in the second quarter, they started going heavily to that, like, legitimate, like, run alignments and then, you know, passing out of it. And I think maybe that caused some confusion for Washington and how they wanted to match up. But that seemed to do some uh, some wonders for Green Bay's offense. Yeah, that's a good point. That's um, Yeah, they, they're very selective about using that, but it's certainly – Green or uh, just the defensive off hard, and they're pretty much just using him as a running back. But he's got a little more looseness, a little more speed. He's got that that you know that that you know I'm gonna make you miss factor. And then if he if he can if he can you know make you miss, he he, he you know he's got speed. He can run right by you. So um, I think McCarthy. I mean that's he's a genius. That's just offensive genius right there to be able to create that scheme and to use that wide receiver in that fashion to get him in the game, get some touches, get something in his hands. Um, and there's not a lot of teams that would do that. I couldn't see, you know, Dez back there. I couldn't see, you know, I know Antonio Brown does pretty much everything for Pittsburgh, but that's one thing I don't think they want him doing, you know, or, you know, I just, I, you know, um, so that's actually genius for um, for uh, uh, McCarthy. Um, I want yeah, to go back. a bunch there too. Yeah, no, they do. I want to go back to. Pittsburgh, real quick. Um, um, this thing I just, this is just me venting. When Ben got hurt um, and came uh-huh. back, all I think of was, why is it when Romo gets sacked like that, he breaks his collarbone? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's exactly what happened to Tony Romo twice this year, and both times his collarbone gets broken. And Ben, I guess they're saying separated shoulder now, but I, I just want to go back and say that um, kudos. I mean, we've never questioned Big Ben's toughness, but I mean to come in, you know, and 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 to see, you know, if you if you listen to the interviews and you listen to what transpired, and I don't want to still case Star's thunder because I know he was over there, you know, all happy with himself, him and his new his new lady friend. I didn't even know about all that till I see it on Facebook. Got a new honey bunny over there. Go ahead with yourself, case Star. But anyway, yeah, I put it out there. I said it. What case Star got a new love? All right, go ahead with it. Kind of cute too. Go ahead, Star. But anyway, um, <laughs> my, my point is simply this: um, you know, it, it looked like they were trying to not play him. And Tomlin, you gotta love that relationship, you know. Tomlin looked at homeboy and said, "What you got? You got anything?" And he said, "Man, I give it everything I got after after homeboy throws that that pick." 
And Ben goes out there, and I just got to call, you know, hey, I, I, I have knocked him when he deserved to be knocked, but I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Just him coming on the field was like a Willis Reed moment of, oh, here comes our quarterback. And you just know everybody felt better. He couldn't throw the ball. I mean, he admitted, uh, yeah, they called one deep ball, and I was like, you can't call that no more. He was hurting. But just having him out there, I mean, just willed him to get in the position. We don't know what would have happened without those two penalties. But you know what? The penalties happened. And and I just I have to give Ben a lot of credit. But that said, what I want to ask K-Star um, is and we already know that um, Brown is in the protocol. And from what I'm hearing, as of right now, it ain't looking good for him to play on Sunday. But mm-hmm. what about Ben? Is, is, is it true? I'm hearing that Ben's going to play. Is this – separated shoulder but he's gonna tough it out help help us out here yes yeah, it's, it's sounding like um the most most optimistic about ben over uh both antonio brown and d'angelo williams uh it turns out ben also has some torn <laughs> ligaments in his shoulder um but they think that he will be able to withstand the pain enough uh and, and be able to at least present enough of a threat down the field to allow him to play which is really big. Um, and, yeah, what, what Ben did was awesome. I mean, it would have really sucked, and I thought it did end for a second, where our season, you know, it, it kind of was a microcosmos. It, you know, it was pretty symbolic. Like, Landry Jones came in the game, and I thought that was going to be it for us. I thought that was over. And, I mean, we, he's been hurt on and off throughout the year, Ben has. And, and I was like, oh, great, well, it's fitting that, you know, it goes out like this. But, <clears throat> yeah, he came back, and, let me tell you something. If, if the team didn't feel better, I certainly felt better about it. That's when I felt like we actually had a chance. Um, that's mm-hmm. what I kept saying. Like, all right, I've been in the game. I mean, obviously he's hurt, but I feel like he could lead us at least a field goal range, which ultimately he did. He was helped by penalties, but he also was converting fourth down throws to Antonio Brown and, you know, moving the chains methodically. Um, so, yeah, that was that was, that was was huge. We really needed that. And uh, as far as Antonio Brown, um heard that there was a four, 45% chance that for what it's worth that he plays and that okay. every day, every day, you know, the the one benefit to Brown is that we're playing on Sunday rather than Saturday. So he's an extra, you know, extra day, eight days to right. recover and hopefully get himself ready. But it's not looking good, but we'll, we will see. We need him. That's for sure. We need him to, to play as well uh, to beat Denver. Okay. I just want to give a shout out to Senator Murphy who's on MSNBC right now, uh, international television. Senator Murphy lives in, he's, you know, our senator here in Connecticut, and I knew him well when he was just good old Congressman Murphy. And then he ran for U.S. Senate and won. I haven't talked to him since because now I don't matter. But um, young, smart, um, and I don't know if he's got aspirations for the White House, but if he does, he's got my vote. Um, just, just, just a really good person and a smart guy. And I'm watching him. I have it muted, of course, but I'm watching him. So I just want to give a shout out to him. You know, Connecticut in the House, State of the Union. Go ahead, go ahead, Senator. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, so let's talk about the upcoming games. Um, I really didn't. I really don't see a need to cover the Chiefs Texans game that happened. Um, you know, it was it was just what we kind of what we expected. Chiefs did, went to work, and the Texans are horrible. Um, I mean, Ryan Mallett. Over in eight seconds. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Mallett is is terrible. Um, and and I mean, Hoyer. He, I mean Hoyer. I'm sorry, Hoyer is terrible. Uh, thank you, Trent. Mallett's terrible um, too, but. Mal is terrible too, but in this particular game, is terrible. Um, yeah, um, and and you know, I just want to I just want to say to everybody, 
I have said it, and I think my co-hosts have come around to kind of adapt the similar approach. You know, if it, 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 the emphasis on the head coach and the quarterback. And if you look at, if you just look at the playoffs, it screams at you. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Cincinnati and um, Pittsburgh, right? Cincinnati's got McCarron, so I mean. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but that's who they had. It wasn't Dalton, who this year had been playing lights out. Let's just leave it at that. This year, until he hurt himself, had been playing lights out. And look at Pittsburgh with Landry Jones coming in, not playing well, and then Ben hobbling in off the bench, hurt and obvious in pain, but did just enough to get him in position to win. You know, you look at the, the Houston game, and clearly Alex Smith and Hoyer, I mean, it's, it's man, oh, man, it's it's – Need I say more? Um, you know, when you look at Washington, I mean, all the talk about Kirk Cousins and all of that, but who who was the superstar quarterback in that game? Aaron Rodgers, and the reigning MVP, Super Bowl champion, Aaron Rodgers. No matter how hot Kirk Cousins might have been and how impressive he was, Aaron Rodgers was the man in that game. You know, now maybe not so much in Seattle and Minnesota. That game was just a weather game. So all conventional wisdom just went out the window there. I and I and you know, I almost hate that that happens. I wonder what kind of game that is if that game is um, you know, in a warm stadium or next year Minnesota gets the dome again. So they're back in the dome. So I wonder how that game would have been if they had been playing indoors. You know, does does is it a better game? Does does, does Seattle blow them out? Does Minnesota, you know, I don't we don't know because the weather played a huge factor in that game. But in three of the four games, quarterback and head coach really was dominant. So um, I say that because now we need to move forward and look at the divisional games. Now, we all made our picks, but we still need to talk divisional games, even though we, we made our picks throughout the uh, throughout the playoffs. So some of us, you know, some of the games we're going to be off on and some of them we aren't. But uh, let's still look at the divisional games and talk about them and make some picks separate from our playoff picks. We start off Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon, um, and I, I'm telling you, I hate that they do this because it's going to happen to me again. Saturday night, 815, and I'm going to be out somewhere trying to watch the Packers and the Cardinals in the second half while I'm getting my drink on. I'm not happy about it. I'm a little pissed off about it. But anyway, um, first game, Kansas City at New England. Kansas City has won uh, 11 in a row, 10 in a row. I think 10 in a row. 11. Is it 11 in a row? 11. 11 in a row? Okay. Um, um, yeah, that's right, 11 in a row because they uh, – yeah, this is 11 and 5, but that's their regular season record. They're actually 12 and 5, so yeah, 11 in a row. Um, they're going to play uh, Tom Brady. Um, you know, we, we still don't know if Edelman's going to play, but that's – they're trying to see if Edelman can play. Um Looks like uh, Gronkowski's gonna play, and an Amendola. So the the real question mark is is Edelman. So, um, if you ask me, my experience with that injury and Des Bryant, Edelman ain't gonna play. But that's just my opinion. So we'll see. So that said, that's gonna be a heck of a game, and this is the game where we see if Kansas City is for real or not. This is the game where you know is this a team to be reckoned with. Or not, because this is it. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the win streak and, and everything on the line. A lot of people thought when Jamal Charles went down, uh-oh. But, you know, Alex Smith has really picked up a lot of that slack with his mobility. And um, so what do you guys think? Let's let's start with K-Star. Give us some thoughts on this game and 
Who do you think wins this particular matchup? <sighs> Should be an interesting game. Um, I believe I'm going to go. I'm going to go off the assumption that Edelman does play. That's my basis here uh, until I hear otherwise. Um, I think I think New England wins at home. <clears throat> you know, New England's a really tough scoring defense, top three in the NFL. Uh, they have a very strong pass defense as well. Um, Malcolm, or, uh, yeah, Malcolm Butler is a pretty good cornerback, and Jerry Macklin may not play. If he does, he's not going to be at 100%. That leaves Albert Wilson and some other guy on the outside, which you think of his name right now. That kind of tells you everything you need to know about him. <clears throat> so when I look at it, that just leaves Travis Kelsey to be kind of the uh, X factor for, for Kansas City. But what we see from New England from pretty much habitually is they try to take away the best player. Well, from looking at it, I think right now Travis Kelsey, you know, as far as health concerns go, is by default Kansas City's best player. So that leaves Albert Wilson, um, Hoddle, Jerry Becklin, and another receiver as Alex Smith's best options. And I think that New England is so good at, at, at the quick passing game, which they're going to need to implement <clears throat> against Kansas City's pass rush, which – you know, creates the most hurries in the NFL. Um, I think, you know, a mixture of, of White and Edelman and Amendola and Gronk will, will be enough for them to sustain, you know, enough drives and generate enough of a scoring production to, to beat Kansas City and hold them off because I don't see um, Kansas City being able to kind of maintain New England's pace there. Uh, so I like New England. You, you, you went into so much detail like you're picking an upset. <laughs> No, no, I'm sorry, but, you know. Just... <laughs> you're picking an upset. Like, yeah, okay, you're picking New England, so it's everybody else. Okay, uh, Dr. Train, who you got? Chiefs, Patriots, and why? I got the Chiefs, man. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, even my original, in my original what's name when we talked Macklin? last week. Even with Macklin uh, looking like he may not play? I got the Chiefs, man. Okay. That's a big deal, man. How are they going to score? I got the Chiefs, man. <laughs> I was asking the question. How are they going to move the ball? You know, I'm just curious. He said, listen, you know, I got the Chiefs, man. I got the Chiefs, I, man. I, don't don't I got the Chiefs, man. What? <laughs> I got the Chiefs. What do you want me to say? Now? Come get some. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> hey, they, they going to do it how they've how they, how they been doing it, man. They, they you know. They'll figure it out. I still think I still think they're they're, they're a hot team right now, man. So I'm I'm rolling cheap. Okay. <laughs> All right. JB, who you got and why? Well, it's going to probably become the battle of the tight ends between Kelsey and Gronk. I, I expect both of them to have a good game. It's still New England though. You're you're, you're going up to New England. It's January. Belichick, Brady. I. I Chiefs are going to put up a fight, no question about it. This should be a much better game than the Texans-Chiefs game by by all stretches. But I, I just think that New England has enough on defense to neutralize. Even if Macklin plays, I still think New England's defense has enough. Now, who's going to – how are they going to catch the ball? Well, when Jamal Charles went down, we said, who's going to run the ball? And then you got Spencer Ware and Shaquandrick West doing big-time damage. So somebody may step up. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I'm taking pass. Yeah, Chiefs are hot. Pats are coming with the fire extinguisher. Um, yeah, I, you know, um, and and I would have picked the Pats anyway, but it's 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 an easy pick without Macklin. Um, and if Macklin does play, um, we know he's not going to be a hundred percent. He's going to be hobbled, 
And um so yeah. Um so yeah, I'm going with um now you know, Train, you did have the Chiefs losing to Denver had your had your pick played out. You you did have them losing to Denver, just just a reminder. Had your had your yeah, other pick. I, okay. I know. All right. Yeah, All right. I, I didn't know what I meant, but I had them beating the Patriots on my preview. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, well, let's start off with Dr. Train. Packers, uh, who were annihilated by the Cardinals earlier this year, go back for some revenge. Um, uh, this is a Saturday night game. Dr. Train, who you got? And I picked the Cardinals to one-fourth annihilate them again. Maybe not as bad, but they're still winning. Okay. All right. Uh, JB, who you got? It's funny because we said the same thing with Seattle, annihilate Minnesota, and then they come back and play just a few weeks later. Minnesota almost wins. Kind of see the same thing happening here. Arizona tore that tail up. I don't think they're going to tear it up again like they did the first time, but I do think they're going to win. I'm taking Arizona. All right. K-Star. Yeah, definitely like Arizona. They're balanced. They just present the utmost match of promise for Green Bay that anyone else in the NFL can present. They're they're perfect for this man. And, uh, I think they'll win by 10 or more. I, um... I, 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 I... I well, NFL.com has the Patriots 63%. NFL.com has the Cardinals 83%. Um... I don't know which which Green Bay team is going to show up. If the Green Bay team that played about two and a half quarters of pretty good football against the Redskins show up, um, they they'll be competitive against anybody. Um, I, the Cardinals made a believer out of me as far as their ability to beat everybody, but I am still not a fan of the head coach. Um, I've always liked Carson Palmer. I always thought he was a good quarterback, and this year he's a great quarterback. Um, but he's not better than Aaron Rodgers, but he's got more weapons than Aaron Rodgers, and he's got a better defense than Aaron Rodgers. So I have to go with Arizona because just the overall team, is just they're just so talented that I just don't see how Green Bay can win this one. They just don't have enough – they don't have enough horses in this one. They just they don't. I know Aaron is a bad man, and he can lift and make you know some of the average receivers better. Um, but this is the difference between this game and the previous game we talked about. I don't believe that Alex Smith, with a hurt Macklin or no Macklin, could make somebody else step up and shine and be a superstar. I don't believe he's got that ability. Um, I believe Tom Brady's got that ability. I believe – uh, Aaron Rodgers got that ability, but I don't believe Aaron Rodgers has anybody to do that with. Not against these boys. It's just, um, so I'm going with Arizona. I just I don't see it. I want to pick Green Bay. I don't like Arizona overall because I don't like their coach. But that said, I just can't pick. I can't pick Green Bay. And I could come back and change like I did when I picked Washington to beat to beat Green Bay. And then something said, "What is you thinking?" <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Seriously, I just I couldn't. I I, I can't. Um, so I um, I I you know I text you guys and I said no, I can't. I can't do it. I have to go with um, 
I have to go with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what what got into me. I get on the show, I start listening to K Star, and um, you know, and he starts you know getting in my head a little bit. But like I said, I I I I, I can't do it. No, no, no. You you don't want me to go much further. Go right ahead. Ask your question. Vernon, Vernon, just uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we, cannot make, we cannot make decisions that cost the team and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with ten people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else, rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Still love that clip. All right. Can't do it. All someone right. Needs to, someone needs to play that to Marvin Lewis and, and Vontae Perfect, man. That just made me think of them for some reason. <laughs> hey, hey, quick, quick one. Uh, I was going to think. No, a hey, quick one. Um, uh, Marvin Lewis, who would fire him? I would. K-Star would fire him. Anybody else? I am mm. on the fence with that one. Um, um, I'm there and I'm not there. I, it's a that's I almost want to simply because the one thing that keeps sticking with me is the coach, if he doesn't do anything else, should have control of his players. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if he was just out of control, that, yeah. that, that's the, that, is, that is the one reason alone that pretty much would give me enough. I would rather... I will see you lose <laughs> <laughs> with ten guys and get penalized. <laughs> 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 see, doesn't, that, doesn't that make you think of it? Well, that's what I was all thinking about when I heard it was the Bengals and Marvin Lewis. Um, yeah. I would fire. I would fire him. Um, two reasons. One, absolutely right, Train. You know, your job. These guys. Uh, I am. I am sure. I would bet my year's salary that Marvin Lewis had a conversation with Burfecht before this game, considering his history and considering the last time these two teams played. And how far did it get him? You know, um, it, it, it doesn't seem like Burfecht respects the coach or, you know, the league or really doesn't just doesn't respect. And it, you've been coaching that team 12 years. You're a veteran head coach. You're a veteran. And you got a, all, a superstar player, a player on the verge of being a superstar that doesn't respect you. You can't control him. You got to go as a head coach. You got to go because um, you can't get rid of 53 guys. So then the coach got to go. The second reason is he still can't win a playoff game. I mean, now your lack of discipline over this team has cost you what could have been, and in my opinion, what should have been a playoff victory, and blown. So yeah, I he I would I I don't know that they're going to, but I would fire him 
he'd be gone. Sorry. Time for time for new leadership in there. Um, yeah, I kind of lean that way too a little bit. I, I hate to say it, but I would kind of lean that way too because not only is a repeat offenses by perfect, but the team as a whole over the years has been riddled with this type of behavior in one form or another. And for it to continue on, and yes, that game should have been done. I thought Steelers were, were, were dead to right, that's it, game over, Bengals moving on. But when you have not just Berkeley, but you got Adam Jones also, and again, you're talking about players that have a history, and you know that bringing them in, yet they're still doing the things that got them to where they are right now. You know that you bring them in. You can't get mad at them. You know, start thinking about yourself. Look at the man in the mirror to begin with. Now, Burfick won the game for him, and unfortunately, lost the game for him. But I agree it goes to the head coach in this particular instance because of the repeat offenses that have occurred throughout the years with that team. Yeah, and what is that? Hey, he's in, he's in Burfick, right off the field. You run off, ha, ha, funny. You make the interception, you run off the field into the tunnel as if, you, as if you're staying, the game is over. Yeah, you eat nose work, pal. Um, and, and my last four of them did, by the way. Four of them. Four of those players did. I saw that video. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, they just, they just, they just sheep. They follow the leader. Um, oh, man. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is there's no loyalty. There is absolutely no loyalty in the NFL. I want everybody to know that because Tom Coughlin – met with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, yesterday mm-hmm. about their head coaching job. There is no loyalty in the NFL. So just 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 forget about it. The players, the coaches, the management, the league, there's no loyalty. It is about the dollar. It is about the money. And if Coughlin gets a good offer from Philly and wants the coach, he'll go there in a second. He don't care. So about that action, boss. Yep. Okay. It really is. Because Kaufman didn't want to go. Everybody's saying, well, Kaufman went on a long term. No, I saw the press conference. I saw that that, that final portion of it when uh, the owner tried to stand up, shake his hand, and poor Kaufman buzzed right by him like he wasn't there. So, no, that's got a little personal thing on it. Man, Kaufman's going to do whatever you want to do. And kind of quite frankly, frankly, I don't blame him. Well, he may not have he may not have wanted to go, but it, I think it was time for him to go. Five years straight, no playoffs. I mean, you know, uh, you know, you, you you've got a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, and you know you're expected to be competitive every year, and you know it doesn't appear that this team is competitive again. They have not been competitive since the last time they won the division. It's been four or five years. So I, I, I just, you know, Bill Parcells said this, and I agree with him. Um, in today's NFL, you've probably got maximum 10 years. And after that, you can't, your message doesn't deliver anymore. And Kaufman was there, what, 12 years? His message ain't working. It ain't working. So I think he needed, regardless of animosity whatsoever, it was time for him to go. But, you know, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. I'm just, you know, this is one of your most hated rivals. And a week a week after you resign, you interview him for that job. There ain't no loyalty. All right. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not, I'm not oh, involved. See, it's the way they went about it. And, and I think that's what got him mad is the way they went about it. <laughs> I'm laughing at Train. <laughs> I, want that as a, I want that as a clip. Train, say that one more time. It's all about that action, boss. <laughs> I might cut that out, man, and save that as a clip, man. I like that. 
All right. You guys might think I've been drinking, but I actually have. All right. Seattle at Carolina. K-Star, you first. Seattle at Carolina. As if I don't know who you got. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a great game. Um, selfishly, I wanted to see this game play out anyway because I was rooting for uh, Seattle for this reason, uh, for this game. And <sighs> I don't know if uh, Marshawn's going to be about that action, boss, this week. I don't know if he's playing or not. Um, he's obviously a difference maker for what he does. And I think that Carolina – their biggest strength that they'll need to leverage is defensively with the linebacking core and the speed of the linebacking core and make sure that Russell Wilson doesn't <clears throat> create too much. And I think that they can stop the read option pretty well. Um, on the flip side, I, I think that Greg Olson will have to be the biggest part of this game if, if Carolina wants to win. Uh, Seattle is uh, the, the one thing they give up is, is yards to the tight end and, and underneath. And I think that Carolina will, will use Olson to their advantage and, uh, and while Seattle's really good at shutting down the run, <clears throat> that's not including, um, or they haven't seen, you know, Cam. Well, they have, you know, Cam Newton run the ball. He's he's a threat in himself. He he presents a different challenge schematically. Yeah, and I think that played. will be enough. I know. I, I corrected myself there. Yeah, yeah and they right. lost. So. Well, I know they, they lost. And they lost. They haven't seen it. They played yeah, it. Well, I corrected myself mid sentence. I corrected myself mid sentence. I'll need you to do it too. So, so. Like I said, I just expect the MVP to come out and play a pretty good game. It's going to be a low-scoring game, probably, most likely, and I think that they can do it. Uh, so I like Carolina win at home. The defense, I think, will be a bigger reason as to why they win, though. All right. A star takes 20 minutes to pick the team that everybody's picking. Okay. Um. <laughs> hey, man, hey, we got four games to break down, all right? Four games. We got to fill up the air time. I'm I'm looking I'm looking we ain't got feeling, I'm just looking for something that we don't already know but all right uh Dr. Train who you got Hey Seattle ain't going to be by that action this weekend boss <laughs> Go Carolina <laughs> No actually this is a, this is probably the the top game that I'm looking forward to because if any team that can bounce back and 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 play tough is is Seattle and even though Carolina won that first game, the one thing we all can't forget is that they actually had the lead late in the fourth quarter. Yes, they did. And, and it took Carolina, you know, digging deep and making the play that they need to win the game. So it's not like Carolina ran away with it. This was a battle. And this game would be another battle. But – I still like Carolina and winning this game. I, I still like, yeah, I still like the JB? Yeah, I'm I'm with Train. I think it's going to be a great game, but I think Carolina is going to be too much for them. I think that defense on both sides is going to probably make a, a, a low-scoring game more than maybe some expect, but I still like Carolina. I made my predictions, and one of the problems with Super Bowl predictions at the beginning of the playoffs is you don't know who's going to get injured, and you don't know. And that certainly, you know, if, if for instance, in Pittsburgh, if Ben and Brown are out, that team dramatically. Um, I was told Marshawn Lynch was playing, and then he decided not to make the trip that he wasn't playing. And Carroll comes out and says that he had no setbacks. So it's kind of a mystery. Um, I'm a little disappointed in him. And he just seems to be – I, 
I don't I don't want to go on I don't want to go on a soapbox. We just had an interview with a very talented young man. Seems to have a good head on his shoulders, good vision for the future, and seem seems to be if he were to get an opportunity to play in the league as he called it, uh would be very appreciative. And these guys get in the NFL and they almost like they're entitled. I don't understand Marshawn Lynch. I don't want to be interviewed. I'm only here so I don't get fined. I don't want to talk to the media. I it's, you know, dude, you, you get a, a limited window to play this great game and to make your money. What is your problem? Um, I don't understand why he didn't play. It seems the team doesn't understand either. So I hope for him, because um, he ain't going to be a Seahawk next year. I can tell you that right now. He ain't going to be a Seahawk next year. Um, but uh, I hope he plays, and I hope he plays the way we know he can play. I picked Seattle to go all the way, so I'm sticking with my pick, uh, although I did make that pick thinking that Lynch was playing, and I know that that changes things. Um, Christian Michael is not Marshawn Lynch, not even on his best day. Um, but that said, I'm still going to go with the Seahawks, even if Lynch don't play. I'm still going with the Seahawks. Um, I think that um, – you know, I said Carolina wouldn't go undefeated. They didn't go undefeated. I said they won't make the Super Bowl, and I believe this is the game that trips them up. And uh, I think playoff experience is going to mean something. I always say head coach, quarterback. I will give the quarterback edge to Cam Newton. I'll give the head coaching edge to uh, Pete Carroll. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Two good defenses, two reasonable offenses. I'm going with experience, and I'm going with Seattle. Um Last but not least, K-Star. Um, oh, and uh, uh, NFL.com, 73% has Carolina. So, um, yeah, all the home teams are favored. And even though this weekend, for the, I think it might have been – no, it wasn't the first time, but it was the first time that these four teams all won a playoff game on the same day, wild card. Uh, all the road game, all the road teams won this weekend. It's pretty interesting. Um, that said – Pittsburgh travels to Denver. And as we discussed, Ben is hobbled, but looks like he's going to play. Brown is concussed on the fence, leaning towards no, but we will see. Um, D'Angelo Williams, what's the status there, Kate Stars? He's still out? Uh, not officially, just, just unlikely to play. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So what do you think? You know, you got a hobbled Ben. You got a concussed Brown. You got no Williams. You're going up against the Broncos. A rested, healthy Peyton Manning and company. Why are the Steelers going to win this game? Well, <laughs> if Tim Tebow, if Tim Tebow can win against Pittsburgh at, at at Denver, then I believe there's some kind of magic still that maybe we can grab in the air. Wait a minute. And, what uh, if, what if, if Tim Tebow can win in Denver, the playoff game involving the Steelers, maybe we can steal some of that magic. Game. They're on defense, uh, total yards and scoring. Playing most one of the most anemic offenses in all of football. Um, the ankle for Big Ben is a lot better than what it was uh, against San Francisco, which is definitely uh, good news. But uh, while we lost Mendenhall, Hall, you know, again, uh, Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown, two prolific receivers for us. Uh, I just don't see how you know Tim Tebow and the Broncos can match us point for point uh, at, at mile high. Um, again, that offense is just horrendous to begin with, and they're playing against number one defense in the league. Uh, Troy Polamalu, James Harris, Lamar Woodley, the country, Tim Tebow. I love you, but not this Sunday. Not this time. You know, you could almost replay this. My our famous clip, our famous our famous uh, diatribe. We've got a rematch. 
And you love Peyton Manning. Now it was Tim Tebow a few years ago. Now it's Peyton Manning. Yeah. That's all I was thinking. That's exactly what I feel good until. Like, man, I should just take that whole stance and apply it to Peyton Manning and the Broncos and say that Steelers' offense is now anemic because we may not have anyone playing at the fucking positions. <laughs> well, um, so, so. I, I can't give you a reason why. I, I can't no, give you a reason. Listen, the only reason I can give you is hope. Oh, no. The only reason I can legitimately give you is hope. Hope and a prayer, man. I mean, legitimately, if if Antonio Brown's not playing, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea how the hell we'd win. And, you know, it, I don't have a good reason. I mean, we just literally would have to have like special teams step up and, and like fumbles go our way. I don't know what else we could do. Like Ryan Shazier's here, we have to like do something crazy. But he will. Go Steelers. You guys are cracking up. Well, I, I I can't play your clip without playing mine. Or you don't want to come on the Madden Voice if y'all lose to Denver, man. Now I'm gonna forever, get. On. I would forever hate Tim Tebow. I'm gonna get on oh, train. Get on right <laughs> okay, with what you gave me about Romo and how oh, oh. Romo and this and that and Romo and he didn't do it and blah, 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 all that bull. Man, do not. I'm gonna tell you now. Get a bug. Get a cold. Get something, man. Sprain it, get a high ankle sprain, something. But you don't want to come on the Madden Voice next Tuesday night. If I don't care how, I don't care if Ben gets knocked out the first play and don't play the whole game. Don't come on the show next week because there's no way on earth the Steelers should lose. Yeah, well, things are a little bit different this year though. But I still like that clip because guess what? The Steelers actually, um, yeah, they did lose that game as. Um, Tim Tebow threw a pass, his best pass ever in the NFL, to <laughs> Demarius Thomas for the win. Um, yep. All right. So so here we are, history piece. I think this was pre-JB, though. So um, sorry, JB. It was, that, that's all right. It's still funny, though. Oh, it's very funny. It is very funny. I bring that up as often as I can because I can. All right. Um, so obviously, this sucks, by the way. I just want you to know this does suck. This does suck uh, as a Steelers fan. I mean, yeah, we're – I'm hopeful because that's all I can have right now is hope. But man, we really just—we're—it's—we're mm. mm. we're so damn banged up. It's ridiculous. But oh yeah, funny how that works. Too much. When you have your starting quarterback injured, your starting star wide receiver injured, yeah, you're you're. But we you're, still win though. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because and why did you win? And why did you win? We fight. Uh, and why did all season? Cincinnati. Don't compare us to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to have that. Don't you compare why this team to Dallas? Game? No, no. Stop it. Hey, how many, enterprise how many is coming out? Oh, my God. It's Bryce. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bryce. I mean, Bryce wants to come out of me if you beat Dallas right now. Don't you dare. How many, how many games did did, did, did uh, Ben miss this year? How many? He missed four. Four games. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. He didn't miss. He didn't miss. He didn't miss. He didn't miss 13. He missed. He missed. No, but the team as a whole, we've been banged right. up. There is no way beyond. There is no comparison. You're right. You're, you're right. We're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. You're not. Yeah, and 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 guess what? You're about to get knocked out. How does it feel limping into a game with your star quarterback hurt, your star wide receiver probably out, your star running back not playing, and you gave me headache? Ah, oh, you can't blame injuries. You know, it's part of the game. Next man up, and now oh, not next man up today, is it, K Star? Now oh, I don't know how we're gonna win. It's, it's, it's gotta it's, be. It's gotta be. That's all we got is next man up. Exactly. So, you are experienced what I went through all season. That's what you're feeling yeah. right now. What I went through. So we've been all going season. through all season ourselves. Just, just a little less of a. No. 
You had Brown no. all season. We did not have Dez. Sorry. No. You had been for our quarterback. Our quarterback gets up after he hits the turf. That's the difference. Well, out of 16 games, you had Ben. We had Romo for three games. Okay, no, you didn't go through it. But guess what? Okay. We had, the, the, point, well, the point was that he's been injured all year. You know, we didn't see him get hurt. You know, between Le'Veon and Pouncey, everyone, we've been injured all year. So uh, this well, is every, our worst situation right now at the worst time, but we'll see what happens. Le'Veon was a major injury for you. I will give you that. But then Williams came in, who was a former starter in this league, and he played well. Well, we had McFadden come in and play well. You don't hear me complaining about yeah. the run game. McFadden came in, and, and once he settled down, he did well. But I'm telling you, that yeah. quarterback – and that star wide receiver, I say it again, you take any team with their star quarterback and wide receiver, you take them off, and it's a different team. And I agree. let's see. Let's see how you guys play. Um, uh, Sunday Sunday night, last game, prime time, 440 game against Peyton Manning and the Browns. Your quarterback, your former home quarterback, may knock your team out the playoffs. Man. Man. The playoffs. All right. JB, who you got? Sucks. I got Denver. I got Denver. <clears throat> Period, point blank. Um, like you said, a hobble Steelers team that should have lost against Cincinnati and going against a team that's been rested, I don't expect Denver to have too much rust, at least not enough rust to lose. So I think Denver's winning. I'm sticking with my pick that I had it before. Going Denver. Okay. Train? Yeah, you know, we know who I'm going with. <laughs> yes, good luck, Jason. You know, you don't have to pick them. You know, it's okay. Yes, I do. Yes, we'll I do. Train. I'm. I'm a better. I'm a better fan than you. All right. I will pick us, even though there's no reason to pick us. Because that's what being a fan is. It's hope. It's dream. All right, and, and as long as we're in the playoffs, there's a dream. God damn it, the dream is not dead yet. It may die like someday around 7 p.m. or maybe even 5:30 if we're getting blown out, but it ain't dead yet. Mhm, mhm. Hey, you don't have Ryan Clark in your secondary who wouldn't be able to play anyway because of high elevation. So, I mean, you know. Um... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, boy. I'm loving this. Needless to say, since I picked Denver to go to the Super Bowl um, to play Seattle, um, I'm going with Denver. So, um, so pretty much everybody's going for the uh, home team except K Star's going for Pittsburgh, and I'm going for Seattle. Everything else is home team. So, and then the first and second round, uh, first and second uh, seeded team. So interesting. All right. Um, we're at the end of the show, guys. Uh, final words. Uh, let's start with K-Star. Final words. Don't go there yet, T. T, don't go there oh, yet. Don't go there, yet. don't go there yet. You got the latest news on the relocation? Oh, yeah. I meant to mention that. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So the league, of 30, the vote was 30-2. to two, And uh, uh, it looks like the Rams and possibly the Chargers will have the um, – Ability to relocate to LA. They're trying to get them to do kind of a New York um, Giants Jets thing where they both move and share a stadium um, together. Um, you know, I listen, uh, good for LA, but you know, it didn't work once before. Um, so I don't know why people think it's going to work again. Um, 
why would you want to take a team out of <clears throat> out of the San Diego market? I don't understand. Um, and I, you know, I, I I don't get it. It didn't work. Why do you think it's going to work now? So let, it didn't work last time. So now let's put two teams there and see if it works. I get it. L.A. is a major market, but you already got Oakland. You already got you know 49ers. And now you know, hey, I I don't get it. But hey, what do I know? I'm only I'm only Commissioner T. But yep. From what I understand, when the Rams situation, just talking to some people that have been living here for a ridiculous amount of years, they were saying it, uh, it particularly in the Rams, it was the owner at the time, the lady, who really wanted to move them, and so she bounced. And uh, some some people said well, they were pissed when she did it. So for them, I could I could see the move back. I, I don't understand the charges though. Yeah. Um, well, and, and remember the Raiders were moved to LA once too, and that was a complete failure. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's not just the Rams that were there. The Raiders were there. And I just think, I think once again, it's going to be, uh, my prediction. Um, you will see the chargers, uh, back in San Diego in about four to 10 years, just like the Raiders. You took a you took a franchise out of Oakland and you stuck them in L.A. And um, my good friend Chuck, who was a Raider diehard, he said from the beginning it won't last. Back when it happened, and he was right. And I think it's gonna be the same thing. I just don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But why, hey, why didn't it work? Why didn't it work before? I I'm no idea what, as to why before my time. Was well, it just I know like people didn't go to the games or what? Yeah, well, well o- Oakland was just Oakland was Oakland, and you could you just that. The, the fan base didn't follow him. L.A. didn't embrace him. Um, it, it just didn't. It didn't click. The, the games were not selling out. Uh, nobody wanted to go play for them. You know, you 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 really wasn't like taking the. You know, it wasn't like the whole Browns, Ravens, and all that stuff. Oakland is a very storied franchise. You know, John Madden and Al Davis and all of that. The Black Hole and. You, 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 that's their home, man. You can't just relocate them and just think that that's going to follow. It didn't. It didn't work. And um, I don't think San Diego has exactly the same history. But San Diego's got a little history there with Dan Fouts and Chunk Muncie and Kellen Winslow mm-hmm. and them boys. And, you know, there's some there's some history there. And um, San Diego's a great market. It's a great television market, um, you know, but – I don't know. People want to shove everything in L.A. I, I don't. I don't get it. But the league wants it. Um, I'm sure there's. It's. I'm sure if we got to the economics, someone figured out revenue, television contracts, and revenue, and and figured we're going to get more with two franchises. Well, definitely one, maybe two in L.A. So we'll see. But you know, at the end of the day, we we control all that. <laughs> That's the beauty of it is we control it. You know? So Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So uh yeah, train. Good 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 bringing that up cuz I did mean to touch on that. Uh any other any other uh final thoughts Dr. Train? Uh No. Not really. Well, let me say this, I'll be in Vegas this weekend. Uh hopefully I get a chance to see some games. Um, celebrating a couple's birthday. <laughs> uh, okay. Celebrating my birthday and then celebrating uh one of my friends uh from Nashville, 
a few people from my crew are coming up to, to Vegas. So uh, we just birthday celebration this weekend, but I should be able to catch some football. So looking forward to that. By the way, the Raiders are looking for a new stadium. I don't know that that necessarily means that they're leaving Oakland, but they're looking for a new stadium. So just, just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, thanks, Dr. Train. Uh, K-Star, any final words? Uh, not really. Aside for, you know, my expectations are tampered a bit, uh, you know, really dependent. It's going to really depend on uh, Antonio Brown if he plays or not, and I hope that he does. Um, he was pro football focuses, top-ranked offensive player. They give an offensive player of the year. I guess he graded the highest of any player. And he had a triple season. He's one of the best players. I can certainly be the best in the NFL. Um, so I think every NFL fan should want him to play, and I just want to give a quick shout-out to Ryan Shazier. He was the best player on the field this past Saturday in the Pittsburgh. Since the game, forced two fumbles, had a sack, which is devastating, uh, uh, hitting Hill and, and Geo in the back of every rip. And he was the one that ripped the ball out, gave us a chance to be playing Sunday. So hopefully we get another big game from him. All right. Good stuff. JB, great job on that interview earlier today. And uh, any final words? Uh, yeah, just to go back to the relocation piece, uh, it looks like it's the, the Chargers and the Rams that are going to L.A., and I, it looks like Oakland is, is getting compensation from the league to find another stadium in Oakland. So it doesn't look like the Raiders are moving to uh, to L.A., just the Chargers and Rams. No, I didn't say they were. They used to be in L.A. Right, right. Yeah, I'm just – Yeah, just, yeah. Just, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Last words, uh, obviously, uh, we're, we're – into the second phase of the playoffs. So good luck, everybody, with the picks. Uh, more importantly, enjoy the games. Also, another shout-out to, to Max for uh, for calling in. It's, it's, it's refreshing to be able to talk to uh, an athlete where you're actually having a conversation that, that's meaningful and makes sense, and you don't hear a whole lot of slang. You hear proper speak, proper English being spoken. So it's nice to have that kind of dialogue for a change. So that's refreshing. Uh, but, that, but that's it. Everybody enjoy the football games. All right. And I'll echo everybody's sentiments and thank Max Redfield again, starting safety for Notre Dame University. Um, and uh, uh, we're going to keep our eyes on Notre Dame next season and, and keep our eyes. And we may do like a weekly Max segment or something. Let's talk about how Max did and how Notre Dame did. And um, we won't bother him during the season, though. We're going to let him play football. But, you know, uh, we may try to get him to call in at some point. So uh, maybe 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 we'll see if we can get him back for the draft. Maybe his insight on some of the draft players would, would be helpful. Him and JB can hash it out a little bit. But anyway, want to thank him for calling in. Um, of course, I always thank my co-hosts. And I just want to thank the listeners for the support. You know, we've been doing the show, coming up on 10 years of doing the Madden Voice. Unbelievable. And, um, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll just see where things go. But thank everybody this weekend. Some great games. <laughs> We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. There's only a few more few more weeks left. we got divisional round. We've got the conference championships. We've got the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, Irving against Jerry Rice again. And then we've got um, – uh, the Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, Pro, Pro Bowl, and then uh, Super Bowl. So, and uh, one last, one other quick thing, I want to just compliment. I, I appreciate the fact that um, the NFL has legends. Uh, I'm seeing uh, Jerry Rice, Emmitt Smith, Joe Montana. Um, I saw Bo Jackson. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing these 
these legends, if you will, in commercials and stuff, and it's kind of bringing back some nostalgia and some old school. And I, I like that. I like that. You know, I think that's I think that's a positive thing for the NFL. So I just want to I want to compliment them on that. Uh, that Steve Young and and Jer, uh, uh, Joe Montana commercial. Uh, I wonder if this is going to be awkward and they couldn't shake. <laughs> I was cracking up. In case y'all too, <laughs> in case y'all too young. In case the players, in case listeners are too young, uh, Jerry uh, uh, Joe Montana left, went to Kansas City, and 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 um, um, Steve Young replaced replaced him as uh, the quarterback uh, for the Forty ers and won a Super Bowl. Um, so that's that's why they said that. But uh, but it was just funny. You got to see that commercial. It's just funny. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the one with the one with Emmitt Smith and Bo Jackson. He said Emmitt Smith was the strongest running back ever, and Bo Jackson's breaking the bats with his knee. Oh, he is, huh? Snap. You know. <laughs> that's hilarious. That is hilarious. This just cracks me up. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's, anyway, let's get on out of here, fellas. Enjoy the games. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday night to review the divisional rounds and look at the conference championships as we inch ever closely to the Super Bowl. And if this weekend was any example of what we're going to see coming up, oh, my God, batting down the hatches. Batting down the hatches. So for Dr. Train, for JB, and for K-Star, remember, here on the Madden Voice, like in the NFL, All feuds are settled on the field. We'll see you next Tuesday night.